The text that calls for our attention this Lord's night is our reading from the prophet Joel and also the first words of the Lord's prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight on Ash Wednesday, the remembrance of our sin is brought right inside of our ears. We hear God's call through Joel that we ought to rend our hearts before the Lord due to our rebellion against him. We hear Paul encourage us that we should be reconciled to God immediately rather than continuing on in sin. We hear as Jesus himself calls us to fasting and to prayer and to charity as a sign of our repentance and faith. And if all those words burning in our ears aren't enough, then the remembrance of our sin is literally drawn upon our foreheads to remind us that one day we will return to dust from where we came. Yes, because of sin, we will die. Yes, our sin is right before us tonight. Even our usual words of confession have been surrounded by less familiar words in order that we might slow down for a moment and think about what we're saying, in order that we might confess truly our sins to God rather than simply spitting out a few memorized lines. Yes, everything about this service up to this point calls us to think about our sinfulness, our brokenness, and the mortality that results from all of that. Sin and death. Sin and death. Sin and death. This Lent, in our midweek services, we are going to be meditating each Wednesday on a part of the Lord's Prayer. That prayer that Jesus has taught us in his word And have no doubt, Jesus intended this prayer both to be the perfect prayer that we could pray word for word, but also to serve as a model for every intermittent prayer we offer up throughout the day or night. And so on this Ash Wednesday, we begin our look at the Lord's Prayer by focusing on what the Catechism calls the introduction to the Lord's Prayer. Those simple yet profound words Our Father who art in heaven. As the Catechism reminds us with these words, God invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children. However, though, the reality of God being our true Father and us his true children might not be of immediate comfort to us, especially when our sins are so in focus as they are tonight. It might simply remind us that not only are we sinful, but that we sin against one who has great care and concern for us. No, we're not simply trespassing against some random rules that some distant God set up. Instead, we're actually doing the very things that the one who provides everything we need for body and soul has commanded us not to do. We rebel against our Father, we drag his name right through the mud. 
We often act a little like spoiled children, bringing God grief through our disobedience, rather than making him proud through our obedience. He wants nothing but good for us, and yet so often he watches as his children make choices that lead all involved into trouble. He remembers how he claimed us in the waters of baptism, how he washed away every sin and granted us his Holy Spirit, and yet he's saddened at times at how we take that adoption for granted. He mourns how often we don't rely on that spirit that he has placed within us. So what ought we to do this night? Should we simply hide away from God, embarrassed about all the things we have done to others and to him as well? Should we simply go into our rooms and refuse to speak to the Father out of fear that he might retaliate with force? Should we stop praying in the hopes that somehow, if we wait long enough, our sins will simply fade away? Well, none of that is what your Father wants, and he loves you more than anyone. He loves you in words that are too profound for even a valentine to be able to capture. You see, he doesn't want your sin to cause any future separation between you and him. And so he calls out, rend your hearts, be reconciled to me. You see, any good dad, no matter how many times he's been hurt by the choices of his children, always hopes deep down in their heart that one day their children will return to their senses and will return to him as well. How much more that can be said of our Heavenly Father. For he's not just a good dad, he's the perfect father by which all other dads ultimately are judged. And so he not only invites us to pray in this prayer, he not only promises to answer prayer, but he also commands us to pray. Like all of his commands, he gives these things to us because he knows that they are good for us. He's not trying to take something away, but rather give us something good. For he knows that if we stop praying, we are stopping talking to him. And if we do that, soon we'll end up forgetting that our God is also our Heavenly Father. And he knows that once we forget that he is our Father, we will not only become orphans, but we will also become slaves of whatever temptation places before our eyes. For if God is not your father, well then Satan will love to come and be your master instead. Yes, so far tonight the remembrance of sin has been placed into our ears and it's been traced onto our foreheads. But from here on out tonight in our service the story changes. The words placed into our ears are still about remembrance. But no longer about the remembrance of our sin but rather about the remembrance of Christ's death that did away with our sins. And the symbol of our salvation, that cross, well, it is not changed, but that cross is no longer drawn onto our foreheads in order to remind us of our sin and death. Instead, it is pressed into a wafer and it is carved into a chalice in order that we might be reminded 
that in this supper Christ gives to us his perfect obedience as a son of the Father. He gives to us there the life which is lived out with the Father both now and forever. For by his grace, Jesus' Father is our Father. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty himself. And so we pray, our Father who art in heaven, we pray to the one who cares and the one who can do anything. And we rejoice that he has told us that he will do exactly what is necessary to bring us to be with him forever in heaven. Yes, as we gather tonight, we have remembered our sins, but now we turn more so to remember our Father. Our Father who calls his sons and daughters to be reconciled to him through his Son, Jesus. And with that reconciliation achieved, the Father now calls us to come and to eat at his table. He washes the debt of your sin off, and he gives to you new life. He removes the burn of rebuke that your sin has demanded and replaces it instead with the sweet salve of the gospel. Oh yes, it is true, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. But fear not, God in the beginning, and still today, brings life out of dust. And he will do so again this day and always. Amen.